Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. But our uh, our producer Steven is still enjoying all the great times with his family and new baby. So of course we had Cooper Bailey filling in last week as producer, my wife filling in this Tuesday, um, and we will see what the next week brings. Who knows? We're gonna have a good time doing it though. So seat time, of course. We have the online show for the off-road enthusiasts. If you enjoy anything with two wheels, being off-road, or just goofing off in the woods. Maybe drinking beer while doing it. This is definitely the show for you. For thank you for paying attention. Of course, huge thanks to Fly Racing, um, Akenda Tires, and of course Stillwell Stillwell Performance for their support of Seat Time Fly Racing. You can find out more about those guys at flyracing.com. Kenda Tires is kendatire.com, and Stillwell Performance is stillwellperformance.com. Uh, there's lots of stuff we could say about those guys, and we will do that a little later on. They're awesome, huge, huge supporters of us, which we of course. Um, very much am thankful for but if nothing else there's huge supporters of our scene and i think being in the off-road world it's a little bit smaller we come to realize that there's less money involved in it so the ones that seem to to spread the love definitely the best to head out there and support those guys so of course you can find us we're on all the social channels all that kinds of fun stuff city time is on youtube but we're also on stitcher and itunes so if you want audio only you can search for seat time find us there reviews and comments remember if you have a good review or if you put give us a, a comment and review on itunes we will find you and we will send you koozies so it's a good way to make that happen and of course there's the chat room so tlk.io slash seat time if you want to get in there and chat and chat and chat it would be fun i like you get in there and chat with me all dirty like but not too dirty 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 is for thursday this is just semi-dirty and then Selfie. So Selfie.com is a good way for you to go and support Seat Time. We do have our TKO raw long footage. So 15 minutes of racing and brapping noises from the TKO. So that's a good way to support us. Recent happenings, we have the GNCC Car Mate. Such a weird name. But hey, if they support it, that's what's good for the sport. And then, of course, uh, we had Sea to Sky. We had Enduro Cross in Denver. So to get the show started off, we're going to have Thad Duvall back on to talk about his win this past weekend at the Car Mate in somewhere, Pennsylvania. Where the heck city was this thing in again? Somerset. Somerset, Pennsylvania. <laughs> See, Thad, thank you for being on the show. You can go home. That's right. <laughs> All right, we're done with you. No, dude, so congratulations on your XC1 win. Just uh, kind of give us an overall look at the weekend besides it was muddy because... It seemed muddy. Uh, yeah, oh, uh, it was probably one of the sketchiest races I've ever done. Um, Ooh, like sketchy, I like this. This is this the, already started off awesome. Like literally, when we were sitting on the line looking at Ricky Tower in the first corner, like I was having to squint to see through the fog to see him. Like the fog was so bad. Like the whole race, it was crazy. Like you'd be going down a straightaway and like have to like let off and like see where you're at in the fog and like get back on it. It was. Freaking crazy, like unbelievable. Like, I think like the high was like 48 degrees. Like Ooh. it was miserable. But in the end, I won, so I guess I can't complain. <laughs> yeah, right for sure. That's what that that's got to be good to know that it wasn't canceled. Um, so yeah, talk about the fog. Holy crap! We, I think Ken Hill and a bunch of other dudes that were out there taking pictures. It seemed that it looked like you know they were positioned in the second turn and they were catching people coming out of the first turn and you really could barely even catch the rider's number so what was it like for you kind of coming around that first turn and being like where is the second turn like it, it was pretty wild because like the pits and stuff were on like top of a big mountain and then like most of the track was down the bottom so you know what i'm saying it like wasn't that bad down off the mountain like in the trees and stuff there was a little bit of fog and like you could kind of you, I mean, you could see good enough to go fast, but like you start coming out of the mountain towards the pits, and it was like misting, and you had roll-offs on, and there was fog, and you're like trying to keep your goggles clean, and it was just it was pure chaos. Like it was <laughs> crazy, just because like the first lap, you don't really. I mean, we get to walk the course on Sunday morning, but we don't get to walk the whole thing. So like you're kind of like still trying to learn the track and everything, and you're you know like you're trying to push it 
to the limit, but like at the same time, you're like trying to keep it safe. But it was like so sketchy because you just you like you're like squinting. It was just it was unbelievable. Like I've never done anything like that in my life, and you know it was a it was a pretty cool experience. And you know I really enjoyed Sunday, and you know I to be truthful, I hate riding in the mud. Like I I don't know why. I just, you did really good considering that yeah. you hate riding in the That's mud. That's the way, like, I mean, I, I tend to ride really well and stuff like that. Just because growing up, I think I rode in it all the time. And, you know, when I grew up, we just had, like, a little farm. And, you know, it was always pretty muddy there. And I just, I, for some reason, I picked up on it. And I, I ride really well. And, you know, coming into the weekend, I knew it was going to be pretty gnarly. So I was pretty excited. Um, and it paid off, I guess. You know, I uh, the Husqvarna worked really well. And, you know, I think the 350 suits suits me really well. It's the 350 seems to suit a lot of people really well. And I finally got a chance to throw my leg over one and obviously it's the one that I purchased. So that's good, you know, that that there's dealers out there getting my money. It hurts, but you got you got to make it happen if you want to ride the motorcycle sometimes. Um, and I'm loving that bike. I and I rode that thing at the TKO. I've done a couple other little events on it. Um, but in all those like I've I've really enjoyed that bike and I've I know for a fact at my expert level and obviously these days my expert level is still pretty slow um that i there i have nowhere near topped that machine out that they still has power i have not yet to reach and i think that (laughs) and i think that's great you know because that 350cc just seems to keep on chugging which i've really enjoyed it so far so tell me about the mud now I know, like when I was on a, a earlier KTM's, um, we on the two strokes we had like kind of a, a plug that we could plug in or plug out, and it would change the engine, right? The uh, the different settings yeah. automatic. Now I don't know, honestly, with the fuel injected bikes, if we even still have something like that. Um, and then at the same time, I'm talking KTM. Now would something like that make it over to the Husqvarna's? Um, do, is there something that you guys can say? Oh, it's a muddy race. I kind of want to slow things down and be more on torque opposed to speed or yeah you know you can go in and, and completely remap the bikes anymore like uh with the fe and everything you can go in and you can make it hit harder here and make it hit less here and it, it's crazy the amount of changes you can make but like in my like on my bike the only thing i changed between unadilla and coming in the somerset you know i knew my i knew my bike was just a little bit off so you know, I needed my bike to hit a little bit harder, but at the same time, I needed it to be mellow enough to because I knew how rocky Somerset is, and I knew mm-hmm. it was going to be slick with the rain. So, you know, um, my boss, Fred Andrews, came down last weekend down to my house, and, you know, we did some testing, and, you know, the only thing we changed was was a muffler. Like, it's crazy that, you know, I can, I can tell a difference between a three-inch longer exhaust than I can a shorter exhaust, and just... Um, you know, it made the bike a little bit more mellower, but at the same time it gave it more hit off a bottom, but then, you know, it made it better because I could carry a higher gear and that, you know, in the rocks, you want to carry, you want to lug it, you know, you just want to, instead of, instead of being on my power band the whole time, instead of spinning. So, you know, he made that change and, you know, I know probably the Husky factory guys change mapping and everything else, but you know, I, I like to keep it simple. I just like to get on the bike and ride it. Yeah, and I think I wonder now. Granted, I have ha- I've yet to have a chance to do a lot of uh, fuel injecting testing, where you actually, like you're talking about, where you get to change the map and, and physically have essentially a different computer setup running the engine. Now I want to do that, but you know, it seems that when you do do that, does it take a lot of adjustment to get used to the bike? And the reason I ask is because it sounds like with you just putting that muffler on would that create a more consistent feel between changes i guess versus um, changing the mapping where it's like ooh, when you change the mapping does it does it change your consistency of what you're used to in the motorcycle you know with with the husky I, i've never really had that but you know when i was on hondas we actually changed the um one year with the hondas we changed the mapping quite a bit and you know at first it, it kind of it was hard to get used to but once i did the consistency was was there and it was better and it made the bike run smoother and you know these days you can go in and, and change the mapping where a bike can run cooler or you can get it to run hotter and it, it's it's crazy how diverse it can be and doing just a little tuning here and there giving it more gas or leaning it out and you know it's it's uh you can it's almost like a two-stroke 
changing the jets but just on steroids i mean it's crazy Uh, man i can't wait to play with that and the reason why i haven't done it is having the ankle surgery and all that kinds of bs one of the things i want to do this winter is take that time like because you know brian's story the guy that i bought the bike from he's well versed in all the ktms and husqvarna's uh, they were with his shop, Adventure Moto, so he's going to take me out to his farm, and we're just going to play around like he's going to give me extreme maps that I would never have, and then ones yeah. that we would play around with that would be like way too mellow, way too harsh, just so it's like, oh, uh, okay, like, and then yeah, I can, can look at them and kind of see where, see how to feel it, I guess is a way yeah. to look at it, like when you were to look at the map, you'd kind of go, oh, I get the way that feels now, and and, and I hate it. <laughs> or yeah, so, I mean, sometimes I it, it's it's better to do a dramatic change that way you can understand the difference between the two for sure. Yeah, and that's funny because that's what my dad always told me, and I didn't get it until I got old enough. Because he would say, he's like, "Oh, well, if you feel like you need to make some adjustments, you know, on your say we were talking about clickers, he's like, go five, you know, just go five because you're making such a harsh adjustment to where you're at that you're going to notice immediately if it's if it's too far." Or not enough, yeah. Um, in that in the direction that you're looking to go, and you can always go, oh, okay, cool. Well, I went five. I'm gonna back it down three, and then you've got you're kind of like, like that sounded like a computer, but yeah. just like your fuel injection with the mappings. <laughs> I'm I'm that I'm that guy. Um, I understand. We did have a question from the chat room, and uh, I, I my answer for this was urine. So we'll see how much your answer differs. Um, they say, what is, what is you, Thad, specifically, and then if it differs for other guys and you know that, what would it be? Like, what kind of drink do you guys put in your bottles? So I would, and he says, in the pits. So maybe if there's a specific drink you like to drink before a race and then during in the pits, and then maybe let's just throw in a good recovery, what you do after yeah. the fact as well for, for good measure. Um, just leading up to the race is it, just water for me. I know a lot of guys do like... Um, Pedialyte and stuff, I think. Yeah, Pedialyte and everything, and then... Like, the biggest thing for me is uh, goo packets. Um, like, uh, just like Hammerhead mm-hmm. has them. And then, like, I take the goo, just they're called goo. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just like a gel packet. And, you know, it, it sounds crazy, but you can tell the difference when you're two hours into a race and you get that gel packet. It's like a snap of sugar and it, like, gets you your second wind. And, you know, I think uh, I owe a lot of credit to them because, you, know, you know, they they make me ride good for a whole three hours and you know and it's like a lot of people talk about how they lose concentration in a race and i feel like when i take the goo it makes me concentrate a little bit better because i don't know if i get sugar in my body and i kind of like get a rush so i'm like i'm concentrating harder but i the goo thing is definitely and then you know i take the goo and like um water bottles with like um clear hose coming out of them yeah and you just people will just hand them to you and while you're racing you just stick them in your mouth and sometimes it's just nice to get a fresh cold water in your mouth and get it drinking stuff and, and then uh after the race I, I don't really do anything after the race other straight than straight beer oh yeah mcdonald's that is really really sad really well, i mean i'm not gonna lie i i tore up a big mac sunday after the race i mean i now he, it. here here's where i'll go with a mcdonald's now here's here's and i'll be honest this has happened and tam's driven me when this has happened before we're we're at a race and like my blood sugar level just completely plummets because I did a poor job uh, keeping my electrolytes in my system. Meaning I either added too many, so then all my uh, all my blood cells got blocked up with electrolytes, so they couldn't take in any more water. So then I got dehydrated, or vice versa. I didn't do enough, and so I got dehydrated. Blah blah blah. Well, when shit hits the fan like that and you are starting to get into those kind of like those cold shivers and you're starting to see yourself turn white, fucking McDonald's. McDonald's because you go and you say I want I want your largest fry as big as just fill a bag please and pour on as much salt as you can and within about 15 minutes typically you're I mean you can see you can watch your skin change color because of that salt like they have like whatever they do with their salt and their fries <laughs> it is so concentrated that it's just like boom it's almost as good as an IV good to go almost almost I might I try know. that next time I'm hungover in Vegas there you go. Hmm. Huh. Get like a double size Big Mac with all that bread. <laughs> no, Boom. no, no yeah. bread, no bread. Get away from the bread. <laughs> you don't need to be digesting that much bread, especially McDonald's bread. Ugh. Come on, buddy. Yeah. I mean, I understand you want the Big Mac sauce. It's not horrible. Oh, I get. But oh, I got extra sauce. 
<laughs> Did you get extra sauce with your three-inch longer muffler? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not dirty. That's that's fun, though. That's fun. <laughs> Is that too much for you, Tamara? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's not she's she's never around for the Thursday night show, so she's uh she's not uh she's not too preface on how weird it can get sometimes. <laughs> um so man, first place, that's gotta be awesome. And that's the definitely your first XC one win for two thousand fifteen. Is that your first XC one ever? No, it's okay. Because uh, I figured you actually had one at a another one at a muddy race last year, right? Like yeah, Kentucky I, or something? Not, yeah, I won Unadilla in 2012, and then the Real Muddy Mammoth one in 13, and then I went winless last year and finally got a win again. All right, I'm not, all very, right. Good, I'm not very consistent with wins, but hey, getting better. Sometimes, I mean, yeah, you're going to have to, honestly. The way Caleb Russell's been riding, like you have to be there ready to yeah. ready to win every weekend that you're racing. because Yeah, that's like one of the things that I wish he was there and he was 100%. That way I kind of knew where I was at that day just because, you know, he's a champ. He, he's the one to beat, and I feel like, I, I, you know, I'll take the win. A win's a win, but it just would have been nice for him to be there, and I beat him straight up and be like, okay, you know, I beat the champ. But, I mean, racing's racing and stuff happens. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing is you can't ever put an asterisk on racing because it, it it's always about the circumstances on that day. Like, it's it's... You know, even if everybody was there and everybody was healthy, and then somebody goes, "Well, it was a mud race. You can't, you can't say blah 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 because yeah. of a mud." It's like no, it, that makes it even more. Like, it's anybody's game. So it's oh, I got I got those negative Nancys on Instagram yeah. saying, "Oh, just because it was a mud race," or "Oh, you won just because Caleb wasn't there." Oh, I got those people, but whatever, it's good. Yep. And now we got people calling me out in the chat room. They're like, "Bro, it was mammoth. Come on, man." I was like, one day I'll remember everything, and it'll be awesome. But that's today is definitely not going to be that day. So we're just going to see how it goes. Um, yeah. Well, what other kind of standouts for was at this event? Now you said it was really sketchy. Now obviously we know fog. Fog is a big, yeah. big part in that. Um, and then obviously, so the temperatures are starting to drop on you guys. The mud is kind of crazy. Uh, what other kind of like take us into the woods a little bit? Like kind of break that down for us. How kind of crazy was it in there? Um, it was pretty wild because, you know, the quads raced on Saturday. So, I mean, they, there was quite a few quads. So the track gets, I mean, beat by the time we get on it. I mean, it's like, I think almost like 15 hours old by the time we, we start racing on it. So, right. I mean, there's, you know, you got morning quads, afternoon quads, minis, uh, morning bikes. I mean, when we started, the track's already beat. So, you know, then, you know, you kind of got your lines and stuff. And then, you know, this race is, it was one of the rockier ones we have all year and you know there's uh there's one trail that sticks out of mine it's called the rock and randy trail and it is like i come to it every lap and it was just like all right i'll get get a couple deep breaths and i'll just hold my breath all the way through it and then you get through it and then you know the last lap you know i had, I had a pretty comfortable lead and you know and grant had actually ran me down and um you know i was able to gap him a little bit going into the last lap and you know, i think i had like 10 or 15 seconds on it and i literally came to that rock card and i remember taking a deep breath and like holding it the whole time through and like i remember getting to the other side and being like, <sighs> like <laughs> i blew myself up just going to this rock garden and i knew i knew once i got through it i pretty much had it on lock because it was pretty easy from there but it just that trail rock and randy every year i mean you know last year we ran it one way and this year we ran it the other i really don't feel like it's any easier either way and you know it's um you know the the lappers are are getting better and better each race you know nothing against them guys because i know them guys are are racing to their full potential too you know they're trying to win championships they're trying to make a career out of it and you know every now and then you get that guy who looks back and thinks he wants to race an xc1 prior rider and you know the the lappers are getting really good about getting out of the way and you know um this weekend no exception i mean they were they did did the best they could and you know that's another factor when it comes into a race like that especially at like unadilla when there's so many riders. I think there was like 600 riders in the afternoon. Yeah. And you only have a, like a nine-mile track there. And I know they don't really have a lot of land to work with, so it's like pretty much the same track every year. And, you know, it's like dug out on each side, and it's it's hard for the lappers to get out of the way. And, you know, most of the time you're, you're racing the lappers instead of racing your competition. And it's just whoever can get to the lappers the best. And, you know, 
especially this weekend with the Rock Gardens, you had to be careful going in behind a lapper because he can mess up and he can take both of you down and then boom, you there, you lost 20 or 30 seconds right there. Yep. So, you know, that's, that's like another factor when it comes into play. And, you know, the, the woods were pretty gnarly, you know, for, you know, some places in the woods was so dark, you know, it was, you're just kind of like squinting, looking through the pine trees, trying to find the line because there was no sun. It was all overcast, foggy. And, you know, there was, there's still quite a bit of forage left on the trees here. Cause yep, it's really right. not, I mean, it's starting to change now. But it's just like um, I don't know. It was uh, like it was sketchy. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> was there ever any discussion about headlights? Any chance, or was it one of those things where that's not something you guys would typically carry to a race? That's not something we. I mean, that's just not something you really think about. Um, but I, truthfully, some places it would have been a good idea. I mean, you would have been able to see a lot better in some places the track. I think. Yeah. But, yeah. And it'd have been tough. I mean, it's weird too because it's tough in the fog. If you had a headlight. You know, it, it would kind of blur your vision and it would just shine yeah. back on you. That's why fog lights, you know, point down and they're so bright, but they point down. Um, but yeah, like in the darker spots, it would have been nice to have something like that. But yeah, because that's what's nice about, you know, bikes like you and I have. the the well, You have the FE and I have the XC is that you can easily plug in a headlight. You just have to have the whatever the $100, you know, uh, headlight yeah. front plate there. I mean, it wouldn't have your awesome number on it, you know, <laughs> because of the stickers, but. Yeah, I think to I don't know. We, we run the headlights at, I mean, headlights at six days, and I, mean, I think they're sick. I mean, like when I rode for Yamaha, I always ran a headlight. I loved having the headlight because, you know, everybody could see me coming because, oh, I had that thing shot and break. So it's like pretty cool. Uh, we had a fun question from the chat room from a Jesse Ansley. He said, Fatty. Fatty. So apparently he knows you because he's talking all personal, giving you the why. Uh, when is your video going to be out? When is my what? Video? I don't know. Whenever he makes it. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, "Uh, buddy, what up? When are you gonna yeah. make it? Come on, Jesse Ainsley." Yeah, he's the kid that makes all my Instagram edits. So he's just trying to be a little freaking. Uh, what he's trying to do is be like, "So guys, kid. when are you gonna sponsor my video?" Yeah, that's probably what he's like. Yeah. <laughs> this guy can't take him anywhere. Internet, because internet. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about. Uh, we got here for a little bit more time. Tell us yep. a little bit about six days, man. How was that? I have to imagine that you know you've been two or three times on the trophy team now. So, besides, your, um, we know about the negative shit at the end, towards the end. But tell us about everything yeah. leading up to that. Truthfully, Slovakia was my favorite country we've been to. I mean, I've been to uh, uh, Germany, Italy, Argentina, and then this year, um, Slovakia, and it was. Uh, I really had fun this year. You know, sometimes you, you go and you kind of dread it and you get over there and, you know, you walk the test and you just, you kind of want to get the race week over with. But, you know, it was like, I think we just had a really good group of guys this, this year and it just made it fun. And, you know, I was really excited when we started walking the test because it was so similar to the East Coast. I mean, it was just like mountainy, kind of rocky, you know, like big forest. And, you know, coming into it, I, I was pretty excited. And, and, you know, as the week went on, I knew I would get stronger because, you know, the first part of the week was kind of like your grass track, um, more of your West Coast kind of style. And then later as the week went on and, you know, it was kind of like the woodsy and stuff. And, right. you know, I, I was excited for it. And, you know, I was having a lot of fun. And, you know, it was uh, it was it was crazy the first week. You know, them guys. Them guys are pretty wild, but uh, it was fun. You know, we had a lot of a lot of good times, and you know, uh, had fun in the rental cars. That's for sure. But oh, uh, dude, the rental car yeah. stories are always the best stories. Yeah, I mean, but uh, we'll keep them on the DL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. we don't need anybody's right insurance there, to be listening. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I understand. Oh, but it, it was good. I had a lot of fun. But it was uh, it was good. You know, I I started riding good and. I think I, I struggled a little bit the first few days just trying to, you know, with my bike here and like my bike here is just a bone stock um, Husky 350 with a pipe and a couple goodies slapped on. And, you know, I had the opportunity for Husky to build me the bike for six days this year. And, you know, I had the factory motor and had all the all the goodies and stuff on it. So it was like it's kind of like riding a whole different bike. You know, I think it took me a little a little while to adjust the motor and how it hit and how much power it really had. And. You know, um, I think as the week went on, I kind of got used to it, and I think I ended the, the like the third day and fourth. But they they threw out a test, so I ended up like end up seventh. And 
you know, I, I, that kind of was like a confidence booster for me because, you know, I was in the top five times the whole day. And I think a couple times I was like second and third and, you know, with, um, you know, that's the day Caleb got hurt. So <clears throat> me and Taylor, Robert, were kind of struggling up to then. And, you know, he finished third that day and I finished fourth. So I think we kind of stepped it up knowing Caleb, um, got hurt that day. So, and, you know, I think we actually took over the lead that day right. with Caleb even getting hurt. So, you know, rest of the week I, I was super excited and you know just woke up the next day and got on my bike and just like every morning I just went out and wanted to wanted to do my best and on the way to the the first check I had a, some misfortune and you know I uh from years past I I kind of knew it, the bike did a symptom that I kind of understood from years past with the huskies so I kind of I knew what the problem was um so you know I tried to get my bike down to the check and luckily um you know some good riders told him you know what was going on and you know i was able to push it to the first check and um they had a stator and stuff uh ready for me and you know i put it on and it started right up so you know i'm thinking okay you know this year to six days you only had 30 minutes if you miss that 30 minute deadline you're done the whole week and oh, wow. you know, i think i got got to the check and changed the stator and 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 I had like three minutes left, so you know I knew I lost the time, but you know I got it going and I got to the check and I'm like, okay, you know, just take your time, you know, you still got all day, you can still do good test times, and I don't know, I just was on uh, headed to the next check and still had the same problems, and I don't know, it's just one of those things, racing is racing, you know, it's uh nothing uh, nothing against anybody, I think it's just um just one of those freak things, and if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen to me. I have the worst luck with with dirt bikes and. But uh, you know, with the uh, with the Huskies this year, it kind of changed, and you know, it's uh, you know, this year is a huge confidence booster. I think this is one of my best years I've ever had ever yeah. Yeah. Uh, in GNCCs, and you know, it, it's kind of like a a breath of fresh air knowing that you know I can go out and and still compete and be consistent and and be a front runner, and you know, I think that happening at six days kind of was like okay you know i need to come into unadilla and, and prove a point that you know i i i'm here for the rest of the four races and you know coming into unadilla we weren't really sure how caleb was going to do and you know, it was kind of like okay you know the championship kind of opened up but it, it really didn't because you know he, he ended up winning at unadilla but yeah. it was like i don't know if it was like a breath of fresh air for me to come into unadilla and just give it everything i had and you know i did and, and i ended up second and um, you know I had a good battle for first all day and you know it was just like I said it's just momentum getting momentum build up build up build up and then you know finally being able to win um Somerset and, and now I'm thinking okay I there shouldn't be any worries that I should go to power line and, and think I can't win you know it's just it's nice knowing that feeling and you know there's some some stiff competition this year and you know going out and winning uh Somerset was pretty sweet yeah I think you're right on the money with it. This has definitely been one of your best years so far. Uh, the consistency is there um, in the sense that you've, you've, you know, when you've had the opportunity, you've definitely risen to the occasion to make stuff happen. Uh, and I think it's awesome. I'm glad to see, you know, not that bad Thad doesn't exist. I think bad Thad's still there. Um, it's just that you could tell that you've kind of grown and you're really starting to put a lot more together, not just physical racing, but the mental side of things as you go out there and try to compete for these long, long three-hour races. Um, so, no, it's really cool to see. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a lot to, to own to Fred for picking me up on the team and kind of taking me under his wing. And, you know, I think him, with the combination of him and the the, the, the Husky 350, I think it just kind of jailed good and, you know, coming into this season, there wasn't really any pressure on me. They just told me to go out and do the best I could. And if I got top fives, that's awesome. And, and you know, I just um, just built from there. And, you know, we're we're pretty close as a team. So it, it's nice that I can go to him and be like, hey, you know, I need to change a little bit in here. And, you know, he, he comes down the, the next couple of days and was like, all right, let's, you know, let's try something different. And, you know, it's cool that, you know, I, I still live at home with my parents, but I can ride right out my back door and go test everything I need to do, moto, real hard woods, you know, it, it's nice that I have my dad there and, you know, I can come in and kind of relax and he can change everything around and just go back out and keep riding. Yeah. Now, uh, the program you're on now with KR4, um, does it look like you're going to be signing with him for, again, for next year? Yeah. I mean, if everything keeps going good, you know, I, um, it, it's just, 
I gel good with that team, so I don't really really want to go anywhere. It just it, it's a it's a good opportunity for and you know KR Ford just to happen and it's awesome you know the you know Fred and Amy are almost like parents to me right now you know they kind of they take really good care of me and they spoil me and you know it's a, it's a fun atmosphere and like I said just being on that team was like a breath of fresh air you know it's just like hometown you know just kind of like uh, down to earth and they like to drink beer my parents like to drink beer I mean it's just it, it's <laughs> everybody gels good and you know it's just uh, I'm having a lot of fun and you know, that's what matters and you do, you do your best. And I really, really enjoy this year. That's for sure. Epic. Now, for those of you who uh, don't know, Steven and I did the KR4 Arrive and Ride program, obviously not at the professional level that Thad Duvall does it, but at the more amateur level at Big Buck uh, 2014. So you can go out there and find that video of our Arrive and Ride adventure program. But yeah, so that's kind of, you can also be an amateur like myself or somebody that even wants to compete uh, year long and take advantage of the KR4 Arrive and Ride program. Highly recommend it. Those dudes, just like Fat is saying, those dudes are awesome dudes. It is a huge family atmosphere when you go on that program. And uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you've never been to a GNCC, it's a great way to do one. If you're looking for a way to compete in a whole series, but not have to do all the traveling and driving that that, that would entail from further, this is a great way to do it. I definitely would say look into the KR4 Arrive and Ride program if any part of you wants to do a GNCC and you haven't done it before or you're looking to do them more often and don't have the capacity to drive because it's a good time. It's yeah, a good time. They, they do a good job. And, you know, I think what they do for, for the amateurs and everything else is pretty sweet. You know, I wish I had that I had that growing up. You know, I was fortunate enough to, uh, to sign with a team when I was like 11 years old. So, you know, I never really had to go through that. But it, it's cool what they do for the, all the mini guys up to the whole ranks. It's pretty sweet. Right on. So we got two more left. We got uh, Powerline Park, which you mentioned, and then of course Iron Man at the end of the year. How much pink are you going to have on at Iron Man? Oh, you know, uh, Stickman Graphics has already got me hooked up to save the boobies. So you know, I got pink on, and uh, you know, I just it's one of those uh, we'll have to show up and see, and maybe give a little hint on Instagram and stuff before. For the ring, hopefully uh, we'll have some cool pink uh, swag there to give out when I'm on that center box. So Hey-o. hopefully it'd be good. You know, it's uh, you know, it's good. The next two races, I'm pretty excited. You know, uh, St. Clairsville is only about 45 minutes from my house, so it's pretty, pretty close. Hometown, you know, a bunch of family members there, and you know, I, uh, I really, I like that place. And you know, Indiana is probably one of my favorite places to race. So just uh, gotta, gotta get through these uh, next couple weeks healthy, 100, percent and get this uh, number two plate wrapped up. I like it, man. Well, cool. Well, good luck. Have fun out there. We really appreciate you coming back on the show. It's fun, as always, because you do bring a lot of enthusiasm, which I like to try to bring. So I'm glad that somebody tries to match that level. It's tough to do, but you do a good job, so I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on the show. I, uh, I enjoy being on the show. I think the show's awesome, and it's cool that you uh, throw down a web series. Thanks, man. Well, you have fun, and definitely, yeah, good luck. Uh, you got two, about a week and a half now to get ready yep. for Powerline Park, and then you got a 45-minute drive, it sounds like, so <laughs> that's, that's not horrible. <laughs> no, so it's good. So. Yeah, all right, dude. Well, kick ass, and definitely, uh, remember, always enjoy a pint full of awesome, right? Yep, sweet. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Later, dude. See ya. Peace. Awesome. No, but Thad Duvall has been doing a really good job this year. And with that win, you know, we haven't had him on as much as we would have liked during the year. There's so much stuff that goes on. But with having done the ISDE and, of course, with his win this past weekend there in uh, at the Carmate GNCC uh, in Somerset, PA, it, you got to talk to the guy. And it seems like with the fog that was going on and the crazy terrain that he would have extremely good look into that event and kind of what was going on. Um, now the Baja rally just wrapped up and I was trying to get, uh, Steve, uh, Hengenfeld, I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, Hengfeld on, he, he's a Baja champion. He's won quite a few classes in the Baja 1000 and some of the other Baja respective races. And then of course now he's, he's competed in the Baja rally a couple times and then won the overall this year. Uh, didn't get a chance to get, uh, our communication never connected, I guess is the way you could say it. AT&T failed us. So boo. But I hope to talk to him soon and get him on the show to kind of hear about how the event was. Um, I want to know, you know, it was still four days, but was it a lot tougher than last year? You know, and him and I can relate because he was there last year. I was there last year, but I wasn't there this year. So I got a lot of questions that I could ask. It looks like he's texting me right now. Uh, 
let's see what he said. Maybe he just wants to jump on the show. I don't know. He's like, I don't have show. He's like, I would love to be on your show. I really would feel awkward being like, how about right now? Um, we'll get him set up for next week. So that's awkward. And obviously somebody felt like their ears were burning and had to get back to us. Um, I understand your pain, Mr. Dirty Rice Off-Road, which is our producer, probably sitting there with his baby. Um, I am sure that you would like to do another KR4 arriving ride adventure because I would as well. Maybe 2016. I don't know if we can get some of these Riding with Woody episodes to get a few more hits. We might be able to get a couple sponsors for those. So actually, that's kind of a fun fun point. We're looking for sponsors for our Riding with Woody episodes for next year. So we're looking to do three events uh, that we would go to, Stephen and myself, kind of a little bit of the, the Arrive and Ride adventure and a little bit of what you've seen with some of the Riding with Woody features. Um, so we've done the Riding with Woody at the Rip to Cabo, the Riding with Woody at TKO, and then we've had a lot of the other Riding with Woody episodes. We would like to kind of consolidate that into actually you know, Riding with Woody, following myself and Stephen as we go to these events. Um, so if you know anybody that would possibly like to be sponsors of those shows for next year, uh, let us know, and we can obviously chat behind the scenes. That's fun to talk about. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see if it happens. Uh, we are talking to a couple people. So we're going to try something a little bit different here because of the fact that uh, I couldn't get Steve lined up early enough. I- I've got a couple of talking points I wanted to talk about, and I found a way to be able to share my screen through to Tim, through to Wirecast for you guys to stream onto YouTube, and we're going to see how this works. So as I go through these talking points, my wife is just going to hand the realm over to my computer, and we're going to see how it's going to go. Right, Tim? Okay, so let's see if I brought this up correctly. You ready? I'm ready. Click it. Oh, look, there's my notes. Let's see. Ah, yes, cool. So we just heard that the 2016, that Yamaha announced for 2016 the YZ450FX and the the WR450X, or WR450F. So why is this important? Well, this is awesome and important because of the fact that we saw last year the 2015 250FX and the WR250F. And by no means is this revolutionary. This is not brand new things. It's brand new lineup to things that Yamaha makes in the sense that they're new types, they're new lines of a very similar motorcycle. But what we've seen here is we've seen people taking KTM's business model and realizing that the off-road market likes to be catered to. We like to have machines that we don't have to fiddle with um, to a certain degree to be able to be a little bit more customized for off-road. Um, and I think, I you got to think, Yamaha moves slow. They don't do anything very quickly. They make probably the most reliable motorcycle out there, um, but they do not make quick changes. They, they like to make small changes, um, and, and then, you know, every 15 years, just blow shit out of the water, like with the 400, and then now, of course, the reverse uh, 450s and such. But, so, with the 250s last year that they released in the FX and the WR, we all kind of knew, cool, they're testing the waters. They want to see what how this does. And the fact that they could barely keep the FXs on the floor, I'm pretty sure they realized right away that they should have been making a 450 from the get-go. So this year for 2016, we get the 450. I've ridden the 250 FX, loved riding the bike. We do have that video out on YouTube if you'd like to go Google for it. Of course, I'm going to want to ride the 450, but I'm not a 450 rider. I like my 350. Would I, what would I choose? I would choose the 250 because I don't think, I think the 450 is just going to be like, I could possibly get myself into too much trouble where if you get a 250 FX, you're going to be able to freaking rev that bitch to the moon and honestly, barely ever get to 90% of the power that that bike has to offer. So am I excited about this bike? Absolutely. I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's opening up a huge market to a lot of consumers that buy KTM because they think this is just this isn't my opinion on the motorcycles but this is just kind of what I imagine as the market. They just go, "Oh, look, KTM makes off-road motorcycles. They appeal to the off-road market. Nobody else does, so I'm going to start looking at KTM's first. And then they kind of start looking at KTM's and they go, "Oh, yeah, this is the bike for me." Now, they're great bikes. I love my 350XC, but I think now that people are going to be able to have more options in the off-road market, um, that it's just going to make things more competitive and competition breeds innovation and innovation means that we as consumers get a better product. So super excited about these uh, 
these 2016 FXs and WRs coming out. So, second point. Things that happened last week. Aftershock video that came out. Tam, back to the computer. Got it. Aftershock that came out with Cody Webb. Now, here's the thing. Cody Webb's a phenomenal writer. No one out there is going to say that Cody Webb is not a phenomenal writer. Um, and within this video, there's a lot of phenomenal writing that happens. Cody Webb displays amazing, amazing talent when it comes to a motorcycle. Uh, and I'm glad that Dirt Bike did this. Because the thing is, is there aren't a lot of people that want to put money into videos. Period. They go, everybody's got a camera. I can hire anybody to make a video. Let's go do that. Let's not find somebody like a Kyle Cowling or find somebody like a Wiley Watson or honestly find somebody like myself and Steven and, and people out there that really want to put passion and, and a lot of uh, schooling and a lot of th- and education into making dirt bike videos. And, and my personal opinion is that that comes across in this video. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that Travis Faint tried to reach out his, out of what you would typically see in a video and come up with a fun theme to this video. But the shots didn't work. The editing was a little lazy. And I just feel like you what we got out of this for the promotion that we were going, that we saw, we got a web video from somebody that has a camera. And I was a little disappointed in that. And I'll be frank and honest about that. Now, again, that's my opinion. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm just trying to be completely honest about what I'm seeing in the market and how things are going. So there's that. So coming up this weekend, we're going to have Red Bull Straight Rhythm. Why do I talk about that on an off-road share? Because this shit's awesome. Um, unfortunately, I was so stoked. We're going to Smithville, Texas this weekend. We're going to some friends' weddings. I have a buddy. Andrew, Andrew Short lives in Smithville. I'm friends with his trainer. We're going to be able to go and hang out with them. No, because they're going to be at Straight Rhythm. So it kind of bums me out, and at the same time, I'm excited because Straight Rhythm is absolutely amazing, and I really do look forward to it. So obviously, you can tell right here, it says in three days, 17 hours, and 47 minutes, you're going to be able to watch it live right here on their uh, Red Bull TV website. So I suggest that everybody do that because we know it's going to be awesome to watch all these guys do some cool shit. Next bit that's cool, we're getting a sprint enduro format race in North Texas. Is this a huge, amazing deal? Not really. Are we behind the times? Absolutely. Am I glad that it's finally happening? Yes. Now, for those of you who have paid attention to Sea Time or at least followed me for a little bit, you know that I used to be involved with Toro. Um, Toro's a nonprofit. It, it, for people that don't realize that, that means that unfortunately, decisions are made for organizations in a nonprofit fashion. Nobody ever goes, nobody, there's no passion involved in this because nobody's actually losing money. Um, and I say that because I do have side businesses. I do, I do have things that I'm involved in that I have passion involved in, but I also have financial obligation involved in them. So I'm making extremely, what I think are extremely smart business decisions based on that. And I feel like Toro has been missing that for a long time. So I'm glad to see, A, something different, and I'm glad to see people that I know have you know, thoughts outside of the box, and they're just making them happen. They're not waiting around. They're saying, let's go and do it. Let's make it happen, and let's see how this works out. Um, is it going to be you know, the smoothest operation ever? I don't know. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to find out, and I'm going to report on it for you guys. But I, you know... Think back to the first uh, sprint enduro that that Hooper did. He had all kinds of scoring issues. I don't think we found out the official scores for like three or four days because the scoring system he used was all jacked up. Shit happens. I'm just glad to see people trying it. Hoop wouldn't be where he is right now if he didn't do that first race. So I'm glad to see that we're going to have something like this in North Texas. Um, Should you come? Absolutely. If you want to know more, go to seattime.co or obviously you can use the race-toro.org website. Uh, GNCC, AMA. Let's see what else I got in my notes. Uh, so Enduro Cross was really cool. I'm glad to see that Colton Haker got a win over Cody Webb. Um, with that though, you know, Cody Webb has got to step it up, man. He's got to stop losing points. That bitch needs to win. Needs to win bad. Just saying. No, cool stuff. Uh, we got our next one in Everett, Washington, October 17th. So again, the same weekend of Powerland Park GNCC that's coming up. Definitely check that out. Uh, Taylor Roberts still doing really good in Duracross. Getting another podium. Glad to see him up there on the box. Badass dude. Uh, and then what I did want to say to you guys, which I did forget to bring up uh, to show you in the notes, Tam. Computer screen, please. We're going to show everybody my computer loading. See how long that takes? 
This is what happens when your life sucks. It's thinking. Do you see that? Fucking server. It's actually because of the fact that we're streaming live right now that everything in our life is uh, slow as ball. Whoa, 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 walls. Um, so as it probably tries to load, we're going to talk to you about Papa Pierce's uh, KTM Adventure Rider Rally write-up. So why I'm telling you to go to the Seat Time website is I want you to check out his write-up. Not only did he do a review of his, of his KTM 690 that he put up there, he also did... Oh, oh! Oh, I'm clicking on it, Tam. Let's see if it comes up. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. It's still loading. Um, So, but I think it's a really good write-up, and I just kind of want to get y'all's opinions. I think that it would be great if we could get more stuff going like this. I've noticed that we've seen a lot of websites pop up and then die off. We had Digital Off-Road, but Hoop is obviously very involved in a lot of stuff going on right now. Uh, Then we had... Zach Huberty with Innovation Off-Road, where unfortunately we saw that kind of die out pretty quick, and not because he wanted it to, but because he got extremely involved with beta. (laughs) Priorities, got to make a living, got to get a paycheck. Understood that. Ohio Off-Road, we've seen big things from them. They've launched a new website. They're putting on a lot more content. That's awesome. Right now, a little bit more of an aggregate, which is okay. We still need that. Um, I'm looking forward to when they can put out a little bit more personalized content, things with their own flair of that nature, because I really think that they're going to do a good job with that. I really enjoy Bobby. He's a cool dude, and I'm glad to see that they're kind of pushing Ohio off-road still. There's probably going to be a name change in the near future. You can only imagine that as they get bigger, ohiooffroad.com can only take them so far because I know that they want to have more reach than Ohio. And again, off-road Viking. We saw off-road Viking kind of seems that it's not uh, kind of, you know, uh, keeping us is up to date. So I'm, I'm going to try to fill a little bit of that gap, but I want to fill a little bit of that gap, not just with aggregated content that everybody else puts out. I want to be able to, to talk to different off-road people. So if you're somebody in the industry or you race, ride, have fun on a dirt bike, please reach out if you feel like you have a point of view that will be good to share because we would love to hear that from you. I think that would be a lot of fun. Okay, it came up, Tam, so you could switch. Hey! So obviously there's some pictures and now... Yay, all that kinds of fun stuff. Woohoo! Look at Dad with a 690. Yummy, that's amazing. Here's Quinn Cody giving some advice to a guy that's like, oh, bitch, I thought I'm older than you. You shut up. And then, of course, the KTM demo rides, which are always fun. So, yeah, check that out, man, on the site, ctime.co. It's the last, it's the, the, the most recent post on there. And let us know what you think. We'd really appreciate it. And, of course, this has been Seat Time, episode 183. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, my wife, thank you very much to her in person for, for tuning in. Did you break it? I don't know. Why would somebody say, did you break it? I didn't break anything. Apparently, my wife doesn't think that she broke anything. So, what did we break? Let's see what we broke. But in that, definitely. So, as I do this, I'm going to preface to my wife, get ready, because I'm going to talk a lot about our sponsors, and they have little lower thirds to put up. Are you ready? So, this is seat time. You can find us at SeatTime.co. That is our website. Of course, we're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash SeatTime. Like us. Like us real hard. Friend us. Do that kind of stuff. It's fun. On Twitter. Twitter.com. It's at SeatTime underscore CO. That's our Twitter handle. You could tweet us. Tweet us real hard. We like that kind of stuff. Instagram? Hmm. At SeatTime. We kept that one simple. It's easier on you. I know. Dude, send us pictures, send us DMs. We like it. Oh, tag us, tweet us. Remember, if you're on Instagram or Twitter, hashtag potful of awesome. Cause why? Life is awesome. We appreciate you. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to us. It's like seat time CO or something is our username. I'm not too sure, but it says it in the lower third, so we're gonna go with it. Why not? We're having fun. Oh my gosh. So Huge, huge thanks to Fly Racing, flyracing.com for their support of seat time. If you need to get gear, you need to go check out Fly Racing. Go to their website, say, I want to get that. Go to your local dealer and purchase it. Same thing with Kenda Tires. So kendatire.com is where you can check out their wares. Remember, the, evolu- the equilibrium, the tire to get. Go check it out, ride the shit out of it, and come back and tell me how much traction you had because you're going to have a lot. Um... Local dealer, if they don't have it, get on their ass. Tell them we want to ride the Kenda Equilibrium. They need to order more because they tried not to, and they should have. Make it happen. Stillwellperformance.com. What I want you to do here, I want you to go to the website and pester Alan. Be like, whoa, 
what's up with this guy, Brian? Why does he keep telling me to email you? And he's going to be like, I don't know. Why are you emailing me? And be like, well, since I have you here, I think I should tell you that I ride this kind of bike and I would like help with my off-road suspension. Then this conversation is going to make much more sense to him and he is going to respond back and tell you how to get help through Stillwell Performance. So stillwellperformance.com to make your off-road suspension work better for you. And as they say, keep it pinned. Did you break it? What did we break? The site? Yeah, I don't know. It, it took a second. The server must be sucking right now. Too many people on seat time site. Yeah. I hate to say it. I doubt it. We'll see. Um, so thank you very much for tuning in for episode 183. I hope you guys don't mind it being a little bit shorter. I'm going to make sure that my wife doesn't have to sit here for a full hour plus. She is a very, very patient lady, but only so patient. And I do know that I put her through the ringer with life in general. Um, so I need to give her, I need to give her a break when I can, except during seat time. Cause then she doesn't get a break cause she's producing the show and that just sucks, but she's great at it. High five, babe. Yay. Except I muted your mic. You muted, uh, yeah, she did yeah. mute my mic. That was fun. Started. What is the deal with that? Why is the, why are our like fill in producers have such a problem with, uh, with the mic? It's complicated. That one button every time, huh? I don't get it. Gets them all. Gets them all. So dudes, thank you very much. Um, here, here's a, here's an, a point of honesty. I do not think there's going to be a show next Tuesday. Um, why do I say that? I am flying to Utah for Red Bull Rampage. So I am going to be covering Red Bull Rampage, um, kind of on my own. Uh, luckily enough, our, some friends at Red Bull have been very, very nice enough to allow seat time to have a media pass. So we're going to have coverage of Red Bull Rampage. Um, yes, we're diversifying a little bit. We need to find a way to kind of broaden our scope. And this is one way we're, we're going to do it. You know, there's tons of crossover between mountain bikes and dirt bikes. And we think we're going to have a lot of damn fun out there. I'm going to drink some beer, talk to some of the mountain bike media dudes and see how we can expand seat time. So that's, what's going to happen. So definitely be checking out the site. Apologies for that. But when I come back on Tuesday in two weeks, do you think that we're probably going to have some badass mountain bikers on the show that are going to be able to talk about how cool they are on dirt bikes too? You only bet your ass we will. So thank you very much for tuning to seat time. We appreciate you. See you in two weeks. Remember, always enjoy a pint full of awesome. Peace. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The <laughs> off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. What you do, it doesn't all make sense when I call you out. Tam doesn't know what she's doing.